welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We really hope that you'll be blessed by this week's encouraging message. So good. Isn't worship time great? Yes. If you're new with us, it's really one of the biggest reasons we gather, one of the biggest reasons we get together, because God is worthy of our worship. When we worship him, we are changed. You know, it's more for us than it is for him. So, although I'm sure, I know he's blessed too, but, right, but we are transformed as we behold him and worship him. So, it's a huge part of our Christian walk. So, uh, if you are new here today, w- one of the things you're kind of jumping in on is the final uh, four weeks of our Keep Your Love On series. So, how many have been enjoying going through this book, Keep Your Love On? Um, it is a fantastic book. It's written by Danny Silk. He is the author. Uh, Danny is a, a father to us at New Hope, and he's kind of been in this with us. When we initially said we wanted to do this book study, he was like, what do you need me to do? Do you want me to just put me on someone's phone, and I'll sit there right in the front row, and I'll, I'll watch during each service. We're like, well, no, I don't think you know, that might not work. I don't know if we can logistically make that all happen, but if you could film some videos for us. So he was like, whatever you guys need. He was thrilled we were doing it. Uh, he has been a blessing. So one of the things we want to do is just do a fun, uh, we want to take a little picture of our church. We're going to send it to him in real time this morning and just say thank you for his support and help. So we might have to turn the lights up just momentarily to be able to get this selfie picture. So uh, we're going to do one big giant selfie. Is that okay? No, we're actually going to take a little video. A little we're going to vi- do a okay, little, little video. video. We're going to just say thank you to Danny. So Steve and I will start and just say thank you. And then you guys can all tell him thank you. And I'm, I'm just going to text it to him as soon as we're done. Just to tell him thanks for taking the time to do these videos for us. He just did that out of the kindness of his heart. And we just love him a lot. All right? Yeah, you guys right. get you in it? Well, you better move <laughs> over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to try to get everybody in, but I don't know right. if we'll be able to. All right, ready, so. guys? All right. Good morning, Danny. We're here for our final week of Keep Your Love On, and we just want to thank you so much for the videos that you sent, for the support that you've had for us, and for writing this awesome book. We have all been impacted and by it, and we're all very thankful. So New Hope just wanted to say to you... All right, awesome. So, all right. Thanks, guys. How fun. You got to love technology. <laughs> so we're going to send that to him this morning. He's usually up pretty early, so he might send a quick response. Usually it's just an emoji, right? It's like an emoji response. Um, so anyway, so if you're new with us here, we've been going through this. Today is the wrap-up of it. So what our, our hope is is that you haven't just gone through it and just listened because, um, I mean, we can barely scratch the surface in four weeks. This is a book, you know, I know, we, you know, you can go through every year and we can learn new stuff. I mean, really, it's almost going to become part of our language and our culture here at New Hope. Uh, but it's called Keep Your Love On, Connection, Communication, and Boundaries, if it, you haven't seen this yet. Um, but I would encourage you, we still have copies out there. You can get it, you know, read it, read, go through it. Hopefully, life groups, you guys are able to jump into this and just take it to a whole new, deep level. Um, but it is so good. It's so good. Our goal in doing this was to build healthy relationships with God and each other, right? Uh, I think that's a pretty good goal. 
I mean, to build healthy relationships with God and with each other. I mean, what is more important than that? Um, I mean, Jesus came to restore relationship with us. And we've said that right from the beginning, we're a community of people who choose each other and make the choice to keep your love on, no matter what, right? And I love that part, no matter what. Well, what if this person did this to me? No, it doesn't matter. You still can keep your love on, and you can keep your heart oriented towards one another and towards that person, right? So that is so big. I also thought that it was so interesting that here we are wrapping up this series today on Palm Sunday. Uh, and, you know, we didn't plan it like that or anything, but, I mean, it's just interesting because everything that we're going through and that we've been learning is very much countercultural. It's not about winning every argument. Uh, it's not about me being right and you being wrong, right, like in the way of the world. Uh, but it's been about, you know, choosing to keep our hearts open towards each other forgiving one another. Um, you know, it's a big thing. And Jesus, here he comes, you know, we're celebrating Palm Sunday today. It's the start of Passion Week when Jesus rode into Jerusalem in on a donkey. It looked foolish to, the, to many of the world. It wasn't what they were expecting as a triumphant king coming in to liberate Jerusalem. Here comes Jesus in on a donkey in, in humility, in servanthood, and laying down his life, I mean, he was coming in knowing he was going to die, but it was a powerful act on his part. It wasn't weakness, really. I mean, yes, he came in weakness, but he came in a powerful act of love and of sacrifice. And he knew his mission, and he knew why he was here, and he knew the new kingdom that he was going to set in order. So here we are today on Palm Sunday, closing out our series. We're going to be doing declarations over ourselves. We're setting in a new order. We're setting in a new way, a new way in which we're going to move, a new way in which we're going to relate with one another, with our spouses, with our friends. Uh, so I just thought that was really interesting. One of the cool things about the way in which Jesus was countercultural, you know, he wasn't against culture. He wasn't fighting culture. He was actually meeting people in their culture. He was coming to the woman at the well. He was going to people's homes. He, he went and met Zacchaeus at his home and had dinner. He was in the midst of culture, but the thing that was countercultural about him was the way that he loved. It was so far beyond what was seen in that culture. There was so much divisiveness similar to what we see today in our culture. But it wasn't the fight against the culture. It was, it was the fight for love in the midst of it all. He went into people's culture, went into people's homes, went into the places that were considered off limits. And he went to those places and he loved them there. He fully embraced them in the midst of their mess. So we, we're learning to love like Jesus loved. That's what this is all about. He's the most beautiful, amazing example of love that we have. And this book, um, you know, part of, the, it, part of the thing that is so transformational about this is that it helps you to understand God's love for you. And then it also gives us some good practical advice on how to live out relationships, how to live out conflict, how to have healthy boundaries. How do we love people that are unlovable? How do we love people that are fighting against us? How do we keep our hearts open and keep our love on in the midst of all of that? And, uh, you know, I love this scripture. We were having some fun with this one when we were playing it. 
or practicing, uh, getting ready for today. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you, by your success, you know, Jesus didn't say that. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. By your theology, you know. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples because of your miracles and healings and your prophesying over each other. No, he didn't say that. He said because of your love. You know, if you have love for one another, that's how people are going to know you're my disciples. Um, and not the need to be right or the need to be superior or better, but it's if you have love. Uh, so that's what we're after, is to grow in love, right? The old adage in the dream of the person who went to heaven, came back, and God had said to him, have you learned to love, right? Have you learned to love? I think that's the thing that's on God's heart. Um, one of the things that you've seen as we've gone through the past three weeks is that the, this book is divided into three sections. In the first week, the section was on connection. That was the week that Steve shared. The next week was on communication. That was the week that Charlene DeCorey shared. And then the last section was on boundaries. That was the week that Ralph shared. Um, I'd encourage you to go back and, and listen to those. The interesting thing is that as I've talked to people, I find that different pieces of those sections ministered to the, mo the most people. There's so many different things that you can pull from it that's actually like, wow, that's the thing that God is highlighting in my heart. That's the thing that I feel like needs to grow and change. Um, so we'll share with you some highlights from those sections, but each one of you is gonna have a different thing that's highlighted. So I would just encourage you to go through it um, with your own filter, with your own understanding of who you are, your own experiences, and find the things that stick out to you um, because it's going to be different for all of us. So Steve wants to talk to you about powerful people. Yeah, so we're going to recap this a little bit. I did this a few weeks ago. Um, just hit a few points here because today is kind of a pulling together, right, of all that we've been learning, all that we've been hearing. Uh, and then at the end, we're going to go through a time of declaring some things over for us. We're going to set in that new way that we're going to walk, okay? We're going to go to a new level, I guess. I like to say it like that. Because some have already been walking in, into a degree of this, right? Uh, we have all want to love people. We all want to do this, but we want to go to a new level, right? Even as a church body, look around and say, we want to go to a new level, right, together and how we relate with one another. So powerful people have powerful relationships. I love this. We talked about this. Po what is a powerful person, okay? Powerful people are in control of themselves, and they don't control other people. Powerless people are not in control, and they try to control other people. They're not in control of self. So we're going to go through these two again just really quickly. Uh, and powerful, by the way, it's, it's not, we're not talking about dominating. It's not powerful. Powerful is the, the model that Jesus set in place which was love. He knew his calling. He knew who he was. He knew why he was here. He demonstrated powerful love and forgiveness in sacrifice, okay? So power, um, a powerless person uh, says, you know, the types of words, like what does a powerless person say? They say, I can't, I have to, I'll try. Those are the types of things you hear from a powerless person. A powerful person makes powerful statements like, I can, I will, I am. I'm going to do something, right? That's a powerful statement. A powerless person, the driving force of their life is fear and anxiety. It drives their life. A powerful person, their driving force is peace and love, right? You've let love and peace anchor in your heart, 
And you're not blown around by the wind. You're not like that ship that was without power out in the middle of the Bering Sea, which is like the scariest thing you could possibly have. Uh, a powerless person tries to control others, as we said. The powerful person knows that they can only control themselves. I was thinking through this when Joy and I were talking about it, and she was like, that's kind of the basic thing that we tell toddlers, right? It's like when they're like little kids, when they're going to school, you can't control you, you can only, or you can only control yourself. You can't control that, your friend Johnny, you know? So, but it's the same thing as we grow and we mature in the kingdom. We, we're just responsible for controlling ourselves. Powerless person needs others to make them happy. A powerful person is in control of their own happiness, right? Um, we're not a leech, you know, sucking it out of other people, uh, but we are in control of our own happiness. Powerless people blame their messes they make on others, but a powerful person takes responsibility for their own mess and says, yep, I did that. I'm going to clean that up. I'm going to work to clean that up. It's not because of this, because of how I was raised, because I didn't have this. No, a powerful person says, I'm going to take responsibility. It's a new day. Powerless person, they try to get people to respect them. It's an insecurity thing. It's a, it's a life that's led by insecurity. They try to generate respect for themselves, but a powerful person creates a respectful environment. I like that. You know, if you're a powerful person, you create... Things don't just happen to you because you create a powerful, a respectful environment. I think that there's a lot of the old school approach to parenting that so, so much was about demanding respect. The old school approach to being a teacher, to being a boss. We were just talking recently about how in the business community, the whole paternalistic type of approach to business is shifting to empowering people. Um, but that approach that so many people grew up under where I demand respect from you instead of our job as parents being to create a respectful environment where we expect respect because we are being an example of what it looks like to be respectful. Um, with a teenager who might be mouthing off to you, you have the ability to say, you know what, I'm willing to speak with you when I receive the respect that I deserve. And until that time, this conversation is gonna be over. But it, on the flip side of that, when your teenager is mouthing off to you, you're not spouting back at them with all kinds of disrespect and then expecting them to be respectful back to you. So I just think that that line right there jumped out at me as such an important thing that all of us are learning to, if you're in a place where, if you're at work and you're not finding the respect that you think that you deserve, then it is your job as a powerful person to create a respectful environment around you. I think that's a good point, too, because business culture has gone through a huge transformation in the last 10 years. How many are in the business marketplace or work for a company or something? Raise your hands. I just want to see. So there's a good amount of them. It used to be very paternalistic or authoritarian. Now it is very open. Even in this city, we have business, uh, whole buildings that, you know, the whole company is there, and there's other companies that share the same building. Everybody has the same workspaces, even the CEO of the company, right? They're right out there with the people. Um, you can't control even your own employees. They can leave, and they can go somewhere else. So the CEOs and the heads of companies now are trying to create a respectful environment. And it's actually a really cool thing that's developed, I would say, in the last 10 years. Um, it's pretty neat to see. Um, so powerless person, life happens to them. You know, you know you're talking with a powerless person when it just seems like thing after thing after thing after thing after thing after thing happens to them. 
and they've been through all this stuff. Powerful people happen to life, and they make things happen. doesn't mean that things don't happen to us or we don't go through difficult times, uh, but a powerful person, they go out and they make things happen rather than just you know, react all the time, okay? So that's just a quick, quick, quick synopsis of it. Um, in a powerful, and why we talk about this, a powerful and a healthy relationship exists when two people choose one another, right? Like, I have chosen to be your friend. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep our love on towards each other, like when we got married. And if you're married here, you took vows, and you took very powerful vows and said, I choose you. You know, I love you. I'm not giving up on you. I'm going to stay with you in sickness and in health, right? That's a very, very powerful uh, vow. And again, I'd like to say, say it this way, that Jesus is the best example of this that we have. I mean, it's not just something we made up. Jesus is the best. He was a servant. He responded with love even when he was mistreated, uh, when he was misunderstood. He, I'm sure he felt very misunderstood for what he was coming down to do. Um, but he made the choice to respond in love, and he kept his love on. Um, people say, oh, well, he was really hard on people. No, he was toward the self-righteous. I don't think he liked that very much. But he came to love the world, and he came to be the healer to those who were broken. But he didn't have a lot of tolerance for those who were self-righteous. Powerful relationships are free of control. I think that's the biggest point in this whole thing. Powerful relationships, there's no control in that. In this connection section, one of the things that we learned about is that my number one priority in my relationship with you is connection. Um, there was some people that I talked to who said that they felt like this was actually one of the most important points um, that hit home with them because so often when we feel hurt, when we feel misunderstood, when there's some sort of a conflict, our tendency is to pull away from that person to disconnect. Whereas what we're learning is that our, our pr number one priority is to maintain connection, even in the midst of the ups and the downs of relationships. Building and protecting it, you have to protect it. Because the, like I said, the tendency with us uh, as humans is to pull away from people who, who hurt us or misunderstand us. Um, and when we're looking to maintain that connection, we have to send the I love you message to people in a way that they can hear it. Do you remember this, this whole understanding of love languages? That we all give and receive love in different ways. Um, there's a really good book called The Five Love Languages that I recommend if anyone's interested in digging into this more. Um, but the ways in which that we give and receive love, uh, words of affirmation, quality time, touch, acts of service, and gifts. Um, so we all give and receive differently. Some of us have a top two. I think Steve, we took it, and he, he had three that were the same at the top, which I guess is probably a good thing. It makes you easy to love, because <laughs> we don't have to be super picky about the love messages that we send. He's a trilingual lover. Right. I, it took um, me the hardest time with those, because I looked at all five. I'm like, I like all five. I don't think I have strengths or weaknesses. But yeah, I want all those. I want Give all me of them. all those, all those all messages. I'll take all of them. <laughs> all of them. But some of us in relationship may be sending our message of love to someone and it's falling on deaf ears because that's not the way that they receive love. 
so important in relationships with people that you are close with, whether it's your spouse or your parents or your best friends or your children, uh, to understand how they receive love so that we can make sure that we're not sending messages that aren't being heard by people. Um, so the second section was Shar's section, and we talked about communication. So interesting because a lot of these a lot of these very practical steps, they require practice. <laughs> you have to actually do them. I was talking to somebody yesterday who said, I love that book. I've read it like three times, but I haven't done any of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't put it into but practice But we actually yet. have to do it. So <laughs> the good news for all of you is that we got to practice communication this week. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> It was a, a bit of an intense week. We got in like three different arguments. It was really frustrating, and I don't know what was going on. Interestingly, we had decided earlier in the week, Thursday evening, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about our message and try to prepare. Thursday evening, it's bad. Like that was, <laughs> I was like, I'm not talking to you about keeping your love on because you are just not even being nice right now. So we did not end up preparing our message on Thursday evening uh, because we had to work through practicing some communication goals. So interesting. This is one of the things that I was like, it was like, it was funny because we're arguing and as we're arguing, like the words are coming into my head of like what we're supposed to be doing. And so I'm trying to use them and I'm like, wait a minute, there's a ton of anxiety in this conversation right now. I'm feeling anxious, you're feeling anxious, and I know that both of us, our goal is to protect each other's hearts and to stay connected, and neither one of us are actually doing that right now. We're actually like causing a ton of anxiety between the two of us. So, you know, anxiety in a conversation brings out the worst in people. You, you, if you are in a conversation with somebody, they're anxious, they're going to say things that they don't mean and that are probably going to be hurtful. So because we can't control them, what we can do is decrease anxiety as much as we can from our contribution to the conversation. I, it seems as if you're feeling really misunderstood right now. My goal is to understand you. So help, help me understand what it is that you're trying to say. Are you trying to say this? Like, I want you to know right now that I want to protect your heart, and I can tell that you are feeling like I am super dangerous right now, but that's not my goal. My goal is not to scare you. My goal is to understand you. Like, these are the words that we're saying to each other. Like, I, I want to understand you right now, and I don't feel like I'm understanding you. No, you're not understanding me. <laughs> okay, I, I get that. So help me understand you. But what does it require to be understood? You actually have to show up to the conversation with your truth. So when we show up to the conversations with a plan for what it is that we are going to get the other person to do, then we are not showing up to a conversation with our truth. And you will not be understood by someone who is feeling like you are controlling them and telling them what to do. It's not our job to tell them what to do. It's our job to say, hey, you know what? I, I know that I shared this information with you that upset you. And, I, and, and I'm sorry that you feel anxious about that right now. Can you help me understand what's making you feel upset? You know, that's an example of a way to try to decrease the anxiety, to show the person that you're in conversation with your heart is my most important treasure in the midst of this conflict right now. 
because we, were, we got so stuck on both of us trying to prove that we were right that at one point I was able to say, you know what, I know you love me and I know I love you and our goal is to protect each other's hearts, right? And it was like this, <sighs> yeah. I know that you're trying to prove you're right, I'm trying to prove I'm right, can we just stop everything and just put it out there that I love you and, and my goal is to protect your heart and to understand you and I want to get rid of all of this prickly, nasty stuff that is making us misunderstand each other right now. Understanding each other, pursuing connection, right? Because everything in me wanted to push him away in the midst of our argument, and I was fighting to pull him closer. Like, I can feel you pulling away. I want to show you that I'm safe. I want to show you that my goal is to understand you. I want you to feel less anxious in the midst of this conversation. So you're welcome for our, our arguments. <laughs> welcome. And I, it's that challenge, you know, the number one priority in relationships is that, building and protecting connection. It's easy to read it and say it. And then when you have an opportunity to practice it, that's really where it's hard. Especially if you're a competitive person, okay? Like, is there anyone who would consider themselves a competitive person? Yeah, there's actually a lot here. That's concerning to me, actually. Uh, how many, if you're married, how many have two competitive spouses? Like, you're both competitive. So there's a lot of hands there. Someone put up two hands. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you're double competitive. Wow, holy cow. Uh, so, yeah, that's the challenge, is because our natural instinct is to want to be right. It's not we're a jerk. It's the natural instinct. You know, if you're in sales or business, you're you're always come overcoming objections you know, to someone not wanting to buy or something, and you're trying to talk them into it. So you're programmed to be overcoming objections. So, you know, and then when it comes into a relationship, it's like, ah, that's not the goal, you know? The goal isn't to overcome objections, you know? It's to be connected, to keep the connection and everything Joyce said that I can't say as clearly. <laughs> We go through this stuff together, and she'll say something like, okay, you're going to have to talk about that. I don't think I can explain it like that. Like, I, I know what I'm good at here. So one of the important things when you're trying to establish a safe, respectful culture in a relationship that you have, sometimes we've done such a good job of pushing each other away for so long that there's so much fear and anxiety in the midst of that relationship. That the minute there's any sort of conflict that rises up, there's the same cycle and lie that you believe, this person is not safe, this person doesn't care about my heart, this person is gonna hurt me. Um, and if it's a relationship that's important to you and it's a relationship that you wanna grow in connection with, then it requires the, the fear and anxiety level to decrease in order to be able to present your truth. So to come to somebody and say, I actually feel really scared when you talk to me like that because it reminds me of my father. Or it makes me feel really anxious when you you know, one of the things that we argue about a lot is Steve will be like, so what'd you do today? And, and something rises up in me a lot of times, and I'm like, well, what do you mean what did I do? I, I did a lot, you know? <laughs> and it's so stupid, 
But Steve is like a really effective, efficient person who gets a lot of stuff done during the day. And sometimes my d I work two days a week. The rest of the days I'm home with the kids. And you know anybody who's a mom knows that that's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. But if someone asks you to tell you tell them what you did, you're I, I, a lot, a lot of things. <laughs> I have no idea. But it was like all day. <laughs> So when, when I respond like this, you know, what I really need to say is, you know what? When you ask me that question, it makes me feel like you're going to think I'm ineffective and inefficient and that, you know, I'm lazy. It's, it makes me feel like you think I'm lazy when you ask me that question, which sounds so silly. And he wouldn't know that. He was like, I just wanted to know what you did today. <laughs> you know, but there's these triggers, these things that we have um, so if you have fear or anxiety about a, a conversation that seems to be happening over and over again, then it's going to require you to come to a place to say, what is my truth about what's happening here? And how do I present to this person that I love the truth about why I keep responding this way? Why do I keep overreacting about this thing? So... Um, all right, so section number three was about boundaries. Ralph shared on that last week. I loved this chapter section. There were several chapters in it, but this was a really, really good one. Um, you know, it, Ralph was explaining that as Christians, a lot of times we get really confused about being selfless. I have to be selfless, meaning I need to give myself away to everyone who needs help. I need to be like Jesus and love everyone and give a piece of myself to everyone no matter what. Um, the whole idea of self-care, I think, was something that was really weird for people in churches for a very long time. I think that the world understood it a lot sooner than, than we did. Um, but the whole self-care idea, which was always like, well, that's a little selfish. Don't worry about yourself. Take every care of everyone else. Um, this has been a lesson that I've been learning recently in, in a new level of understanding how to give myself margin and how to give myself space and value that for myself because because uh, I need that in order to be able to give the best of myself to anyone I need to I need to be able to take care of myself so you have to value yourself in order for boundaries to work at all if you don't value yourself you will not have boundaries and if you don't have boundaries you will end up becoming angry and resentful and bitter towards everyone who is taking from you all the time everywhere I go people take from me all the time Nobody cares about me. No, you don't care about yourself first. So can you care about yourself and value yourself enough to say, I deserve margin in my life, and I am only going to give the parts of myself to the people in my life who I feel like I need to at that moment, and everyone else will wait. And I will learn to say no, because I value me. Um, you know, and one of the things that's important about learning to value yourself is, num is number one, understanding God's value for you. This is what gives us the understanding of how valuable we are, is understanding God's value for us. And unfortunately, so many people have this misunderstanding of this angry, judgmental, disappointed God who is over your life, magnifying your sin, watching to see the things that you mess up with, and when you have a God in your life who looks at you that way, then why would you value yourself? Because if you believe that he's magnifying your sin and focused on all the ways you've messed up, then so will you be towards yourself and towards everybody else around you too. So most importantly is understanding God's value for us, 
who he's called us to be, who he's already said we are. Before we do anything, he has said, you're my son, you're my daughter. I've adopted you into my family. I've given you a royal bloodline. And I've loved you before you even did anything. While you were still a mess, I gave my life for you then. So there's nothing that you have to do to earn it. So understanding that is such an important part of, of being able to set boundaries is number one, who does God say that I am? Who do I believe that I am? Do I value myself enough to say that I deserve some space in my life? Um, Danny talks about this thing called the levels of intimacy. You wanna put that slide up? Um, so this is in the book. So um, here in the middle of the, of the levels of intimacy is um, the black one, is the, the God spot. So that's the God spot in the middle. Your spouse should not be in the God spot. Do you know what that's called? Codependence. <laughs> your life, your happiness, the deepest level of intimacy does not come from your spouse. If we're thinking about the deepest levels of intimacy, God is the only one who gets every piece of us. We give him every bit of our heart. We are fully and totally safe 100% of the time when we are intimate with God. So he's in the middle. The second level, that, there's one person that goes in that, in that spot. If you are married, that should be your spouse. If it's not, then there's problems. And then there's another level of intimacy. Those are the closest people outside of your spouse in your life. And then it goes out, and the, and the number of people in those levels get bigger. He talks about Charlie Sheen because uh, he said, you know, maybe God put it on your heart to pray for Charlie Sheen. You're loving him. He's still in there. He's still in your love circle, but he has no access to you. <laughs> and then there's people who are super scary, like Al-Qaeda, and you can still love them, they absolutely are not allowed access to you, but yet you can still love them. So this is the part that kind of helped me understand, okay, how do we love everyone when like, people are scary and abusive and terrible and rude? Well, the way that we can love them is that we make sure that we're not giving them access to our heart that they haven't earned and don't deserve. People who are the closest to us, who have the most access to us, should be the safest. Is that always the case? No, because we haven't learned how to communicate, we haven't learned how to be safe and set boundaries and all of those things. But the goal is that the people who are closest to us are the safest. So when you have this understanding, it allows you to be able to say, yes, I love this person in church that I just met, and I know that you need somebody to help you move next Friday. I'm not able to do that. And I, and I don't feel guilty about that. But if you were my son, you better believe I would be there to help you move. Not that we can't help someone who's on the fringes, but you're not obligated. I think that's the thing. I think the thing that we misunderstand is if I, if I have love for the world, then I'm obligated to help all of these people, and it's just not doable. It's not good. It's not healthy. So that was a really meaningful part for me, um, understanding that, but there's so many other parts of this that may be meaningful for you. Um, so I really encourage you to just get it and read through it. You know, maybe you'll get through one chapter and you'll feel like, I just need to chew on that for a while, and you can do that. Um, but there's a lot of really good, important things in here, important tools to learn.
Yeah, so that's good. So that's kind of the wrap. What I want to do now is I want to ask us to stand, if you could. Um, and if we can play just some music, I'm going to lead us through just some prayer time. Uh, and then we're going to make some declarations over ourselves. Maybe um, just some, like, instrumental music back yeah. there or something to play while we're talking. Right. So, um, yeah, so if you've never done declarations, or like, why are we doing this, you know? Because we're declaring things over ourselves that are not maybe fully manifested yet. But, you know, even in self-help, they say, hey, you got to actualize things before you're there. And there's a lot of truth to that. It's called faith. It's called seeing things in faith, in, you know, before you're actually fully there. So we're going to say some stuff over ourselves today. We're going to make some declarations, believing that we're going to go to an entirely new level during this time. Okay? And these are actually right out of the book. So we're going to actually go through these together. And you can take these home and, and do them over, you know, your family, over yourself. Um, but just hold out your hands now, too, just in, in kind of a posture of receiving. So, Lord, we, I just even, I love just holding out my hands before the Lord. It's just like, Lord, I receive all that you have for me. I, I'm in a posture to receive. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you that even for us at New Hope, Lord, that you led us to go through this together. Lord, that you led us to go through this journey together, not just to stop and move on to the next thing, but to take it in, to absorb it. That, you know, we feel that it's time for the world to see a church who really walks in these things. That they see a church, a body of believers who want to keep their love on who are going to choose to stay in connection with each other and model what it looks like to have relationships in the kingdom of God. That there's a world out there that is dying to experience kingdom relationships. So Lord, let it start with us. Let us start with us. Let us start with us growing in our own vulnerability, in our own transparency. Lord, that today we make, we draw a line in the sand and say we're not, we're not going out of here the same as we came in. We're going out different. There's something changing in me. So Lord, we say that in faith today to say, God, change us. Lord, like we sang earlier, we give you our heart, all of our dreams, all of our desires. We, we, we bring before you and say, Lord, have your way. Grow us, Lord, into who you've called us to be. Thank you, Lord. So let's declare some of these things. We're going to say these together. Um, so just feel free to, to follow my lead here, okay? And sometimes when I declare things, I put my hand over my heart because, like, the heart is like the center of your soul, right? It's like, you know, if you want to say it, I mean, sometimes I'll do it over my mind, but it's like even more so, I want these things to go into my heart, into my being, into my soul. So let's do that together. So we're going to say, you can turn up the music more too because I like music a lot. Um, let's say this. I know the spirit of power and love are at work in me. Let's say that again. I know the spirit of power and love are at work in me. I can love at all times through Christ who strengthens me. I am courageous with my love. Let's say that again. I am courageous with my love. 
go to the next slide. I am powerful to control myself no matter what others choose to believe or do. My goal is connection, not distance. I will tell others about me and let them tell me about them. Awesome. I matter and so do you. I clearly and honestly express what I am feeling and what I need to feel. Let's say that again, because there's some here that we haven't been very clear and honestly expressing what we're feeling and what we need to feel. But we're, it's a new day, so let's say it again. I clearly and honestly express what I'm feeling and what I need to feel. I communicate my value and priorities by expecting respect. I show respect by listening well and honoring the boundaries of others. Let's do that one again. I show respect by listening well and honoring the boundaries of others. I keep my love on and chase fear out of my most vital relationships. Let's do that again. I keep my love on and chase fear out of my most vital relationships. I love that. Amen. Oh, and that's it. Okay, we're done. So that's awesome. So yay, God. Yay, God. So Lord, have your way. I pray over everybody here. Lord, a blessing. Lord, for just new levels of intimacy, vulnerability, transparency, new levels of keeping your love on, new powerful choices that we make. Lord, that we're not blown by the wind. We're not ships blown by the wind. But we are powerful people. You've created us to be modeled after Jesus. Mm -hmm. That with your life in us, you can help us in this, Lord. And even when we feel like, oh, I can't do this, I failed again. Lord, you've given us your Holy Spirit right. to help us in these things that we can't do on our own or in our mm -hmm. own strength. Mm -hmm. So Lord, I bless everybody here. Bless everyone in this journey together. That we can grow together as a family of God in demonstrating to the world what love looks like. Yeah. In Jesus' yeah. name, amen. 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 Thanks so much for joining us. If you'd like more information or additional resources, please check us out at newhopecom.org. Thanks and have a blessed week.